The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the Isle of Man's main Net Zero progress website. Pastor Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Manx Radio. Your chance to have your say. Still haven't found out whether or not you can scrap an EV on the Isle of Man who's um, recycling cadmium or lithium. Also yesterday, lots of talk about the swimming pool, the Castle Russian high school development when that's going to happen how much it's going to cost will there be a new swimming pool and in the meantime what do we do with a southern pool but anything else on your mind by all means do get in touch i don't know whether you uh, copped uh, the news last week it was announced that the environment department uh, would put a stop to people stopping overnight at the Ayers national nature reserve it's due to camper vans and motorhomes causing damage to the ecosystem at the Ayers National Nature Reserve. Uh, the DEFA member, the political member, is uh, Michelle Haywood, MHK, and she talks about the move and whether or not it's uh, uh, too late to reverse the damage that's been caused at the Nature Reserve. No, I think it's it's been building up for a while. It's a National Nature Reserve and it's a, a site of special scientific interest as well. So the primary focus up there is managing that site and it's got several rare habitats in it. And so what we've noticed is that, especially with increasing numbers of motorhomes, that they're quite heavy vehicles. And when they go on to the sand dunes to go and park up, they're going across plants that live in a very thin layer of soil on top of the, the sand dunes. And once you've driven across those plants and damaged them and they die off, then it takes them a very long time to, to regrow. And so what we've got here is what was never intended to be a campsite uh, that's almost kind of become that because we've permitted people to go on there. And we've obviously been trying to take steps over a number of years. You know, fires are not allowed up there. Camping is not allowed up there. And now we're saying you can't take motorhomes and go and park up in the in the dunes overnight. And, and that's really to just try and protect the environment that's up there. It's a very special ecosystem and it is being systematically damaged by vehicles going across it. That damage, how significant is that? Does it appear reparable or is it going to take some time? It will take some time. The thing about sand dunes is there's not very much water availability and there's a very thin layer of soil there. So that's really, really prone to damage. And we know when we have long, dry summers like we've had over the last four or five years, we've had several of those long, dry summers. And you know, if we can remember when host pipe bands come in, that's you know, generally the, the cue that actually we see increasing levels of damage. And so what we're seeing is that those plants are struggling to recover. Um, we're also seeing that there's just the sheer number of people up there is interfering with uh, several threatened species like the little tern that breeds just down off the recreational area there. And we have tried, I think, over a number of years to try and sort of scale back activities that were happening in there. But really definitely needs to act as that thin green line <laughs> protecting an ecosystem you know we've recently in in Timwood de declared that you know we have a biodiversity crisis and that crisis is going to be exacerbated as climate change kick in and we have hotter and drier summers those species up there are even more at risk from damage and so this move really was just brought around to try and limit the damage that was occurring up there 
death is not full of people who are killjoys who want to restrict anyone's access to the the beautiful natural environment but we are the ones that are charged with having statutory responsibility for protecting it and this is all about protecting that very precious environment it's all about recognizing what a fragile ecosystem it is and it's not about trying to punish any particular group of society at all be honest if you've got a motorhome have you driven across there and you know not given a tuppenny toss about the fragile ecosystem how do you feel about this do you think it was uh, a right of anybody with a motorhome to just drive across and cause that damage did you know you were causing damage and what do you think about this so camper vans and motorhomes causing damage to the ecosystem means uh, that um, the Environment Department is going to put a stop to people stopping overnight on the Ayers Natural Nature Reserve. Well, that's just stopping over. Uh, they may still be driving here and there. Just wonder what you think um, we should be doing about that. And the fact that activity has been restricted uh, at the um, Ayers for quite a while now. So who does it actually belong to? Is it just walkers? Do you just look at it from afar? What do you think it's there for? Is it a national nature reserve or is it a leisure facility for the Isle of Man? Text, email, call, WhatsApp, whatever you want to do. I want to say hi and hello to the new post office. As from today, uh, Ellen Van in Fuels in New Road Laxey is providing a postal service from their presence, uh, their premises, a short walk away from the previous post office. And, uh, well, all the best to them. So uh, let's wish them well. If you've been into the post, the new post office in Laxey today, then uh, I hope you wish them well for their new venture. I do hope uh, it goes well. <laughs> that said, HSBC is going to be cutting right back. HSBC has announced that uh, the Ramsey branch is going. So the Ramsey branch of HSBC is going to go and the new Douglas branch is going to be moving to new central premises on Strand Street in Douglas towards the end of the year. I think the rumour is, is it going anywhere Monsoon is? Because Monsoon's going, isn't it? So, Ramsey, uh, another bank going, another bit of the Isle of Man disappearing. And uh, if you're an HSBC, uh, they will quote us the fact that everything is going online. And um, But it is just another bit of the Isle of Man that's falling off. And it's interesting, I think it's two week, two years to the day that Isle of Man Bank closed in Peel. Just pieces that are falling off. So I think Isle of Man Bank has got, what, two branches in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Aaron left. Four branches left. Sub-post offices disappearing. I wonder what you think. If you're an HSBC um, a client, a customer, what do you think of that? Interesting. I just wonder what's going to happen to that HSBC. Very impressive building on Victoria Street, uh, which is next to the old NatWest headquarters. That building, I think, has been empty now. Is it 15 years? just wonder whether anybody's going to do anything with that. We've talked about many brownfield sites, but that uh, the old... Nat West headquarters, fine building. I think there were some plans for a wine bar there or a roof garden, but nothing's really happened with that. Uh, we'll put that down on the brownfield sites that have yet to be um, uh, <laughs> developed. 
Uh, I would say, in theory, you could scrap an EV on the Isle of Man if you had an EV mechanic and technician remove the battery unit. Once that's been removed, the vehicle powered down, it will be safe to scrap the rest of the vehicle. You would require minimum city and gills levels three or four, and I'm one of the few on the Isle of Man that has the qualifications. Well, step forward, Neil. Well done. And thanks for clearing that up. So you get an EV mechanic technician to remove the battery, which is big and heavy, isn't it? But uh, you can scrap it. Uh, something that will have to be addressed in the future. Well, just was, Try fences and a gate, says Texter uh, 110. Uh, the air's natural reserve. Just put fences and a gate there. Uh, and a message in, uh, this is Graham who just said, businesses like HSBC never think when making these decisions. People who are not doing online banking, me included, says Graham, and who from Ramsey is going to travel to Douglas, uh, where you can't park. I, like many others, will be switching banks, says Graham. Uh, it's a message in from Sue who just said, uh, I'd like what I'd like to know. Uh, what's happening to sort out the grossly unfair system of care payment. Uh, people are still living in fear of having all their hard-earned assets ripped away, while as far as I know, others are still getting it for free. Now, Chris Thomas, the MHK, ran some very interesting meetings about four years ago. They were well attended, and there were some really... Uh, many were really angry about the current system where patients can pay up to £1,000 per week. And was, oh, you're talking about care homes. Right, I see. Where, when you say patients, um, clients of care homes can pay over £1,000 a week. And once the money is gone, the family's expected to pay the shortfall for care costs. Lots of good ideas were offered for a fairer system, but since the new administration, it's gone very quiet. What happened to all the data collected? It desperately needs to be addressed, says Sue. Thank you for that. Have you got any thoughts on the care system and, and who has to pay? I mean, the, the old um, argument is thrown up many, many times. People who uh, marshal their resources throughout their working life, assemble property and then have to go into care, can have that property taken from underneath them to pay for the care. Somebody who doesn't, somebody who perhaps rents for most of their life, goes into a, a care home and it gets covered by the government. Is that fair or is it unfair? Whatever you think. Uh, and more messages in this one's regarding Smale. Keith said camper vans were restricted to 15 vehicles only for years. It's the cars driving round and round the dunes, tearing up the ground that is the real issue here. So what do we do about it, Keith? Is it, is it a matter of CCTV? Is it illegal to drive round and round the dunes or is it just bad manners to do it? And what do we do about that? Uh, what's happening on TT23, says Tim? It's on. <laughs> Don't worry, Tim, it's on. If you go to any reputable website, they'll tell you all about TT2023. Why don't they create a hard-standing uh, car park at the airs with drainage and water supply to cater for the people who want to use their motorhomes in that area? Two birds and one stone, says the Manx Motorhome Group on 262. I suppose when something is very popular, it attracts custom and it attracts people. If it gets too popular, what do you do about it? It'd be interesting to know. And 
Has the use gone up? Are there more and more motorhomes, more than there ever used to be? What's Neil going to do with the lithium batteries that he removes, uh, says 808? Well, he was. I think he was talking about somebody will have to remove the batteries. I don't think Neil's a lithium battery remover. He just said if the, if the batteries go out of the vehicle, then you can scrap the vehicle kind of as normal. It's uh, who deals with it. I don't think he, he didn't give a, um, an answer as to what will happen to the batteries. He just said they've got to be removed. But still, we haven't got to the bottom of what will happen and, and how you scrap an EV. on. And nobody, as we were talking about this before Christmas again, the fact that EVs weigh a lot more than conventional vehicles whether or not, and I've certainly seen nothing about this, so correct me if I'm wrong, will existing multi-storey car parks bear the load of EVs? If they're chock full of EVs, and they weigh a lot, will they, will existing multi-storey car parks safely bear the load? Uh, more, and more messages in, actually, a couple more, just regarding, I, I mentioned yesterday, there was a, I think it was Pammy said that uh, with all the GP cancellations, the GP appointments cancellations, there should be a central number, a cancellation number. If you want to cancel an appointment, you can, because often if you have an appointment late morning or early afternoon and something happens first thing and you need to cancel it, obviously there's a bit of a logjam of calls getting through to the GP and you just can't get through. And sometimes people just give up. Right. Um, perhaps the £42 million is reserved for the batteries for all the government e-vehicles when their batteries are dead, says John. We haven't heard that. Uh, what's happening to that £42 million and as the... Um, uh, the government budget, the budget will be happening next month and we'll be broadcasting live from the thing to find out what's what. Um, Dr. Allenson did say when he was on Man in Line last year, I asked him if the £42 million hadn't been spent, would it be clawed back or rolled over? Uh, he intimated it would be clawed back. Dick says, Manx Care has been in existence now since the spring of 2021, with December last year seeing the chief executive, Teresa Cope, ensconced in Nobles six months before that. Chairman Andrew Foster being imposed for two and a half years. Now, a million pounds in salaries has been spent. But Manx Care's director of nursing says it's going to take time to get more nurses. So can I suggest that after two and a half years and a million pounds... It's time for those at the top of Manx Care. Time enough. But uh, him saying that they have long-term solutions is a joke. It's because they've already had time enough and have had um, achieved nothing other than making the Manx NHS worse by calling it Manx Care in the first place, says Dick. Well, I think Theresa Cope and Andrew Foster are going to be on Man in Line in the next couple of weeks, so maybe you could put that question to them personally, Dick. Thanks for that. Oh, let's go back to the Nature Reserve. Uh, so last week it was announced that the Environment Department's going to put a stop to people stopping overnight at the Airs Natural Nature Reserve due to camper vans and motorhomes causing damage to the ecosystem. What do you think about it? Is it a nature reserve? Is it a leisure facility? Quite what is it that um, the Airs is? 
more and more people are getting, there are, there are more and more um, and bigger uh, motorhomes. So is it time for some sort of legislation or are we going to build somewhere, build a special place where motorhomes can go and maybe attract people from across to come and do that? Text, email, call, WhatsApp, whatever's on your mind. Uh, call Man in Line today. Do you know a script man? Because I've got script to clear. Causing call for press and lead, and I need cash for beer. What? You don't know a scrap man? Castains and Foxel is the one for you. Castains will take all scrap metal and is also licensed for dry cell and lead acid batteries. So don't delay. Ring 801 337 now. So now we know a scrap man and all our scrap's been cleared. Ring 801 337. Then have cash for beer. Call cost dice today and get yourself a beer. Registration is now open for the Buchan School and King Williams College. Come and discover how your child can enjoy the perfect start at the Buchan and then benefit from academic excellence to achieve their full potential at King Williams College. With average class sizes of 13, superb extracurricular activities and individual support, it's an outstanding island education for your child's global future. So call 820110 to arrange your visit. There's Switch and Save, compromising by switching from the familiar to something cheaper. And there's ShopRite Switch and Save. There's no comparison because there's no compromise. Only ShopRite has hundreds of Sainsbury's alternatives to the usual brands. Quality you can be 100% sure of and up to 35% less. Save over a third at the checkout. With stores across the island, why shop anywhere else? ShopRite, proudly locally owned. People of the Isle of Man, are you thinking of buying or selling a home? Well, wait! You need to talk to the conveyancing team at LVW Law. LVW Law! They've over 20 years of experience and know what they're talking about. They're friendly and efficient. Do not buy or sell a property without calling LVW Law on 836757 for a no-obligation quote. LVW Law. Sashulam, Dashulam, Radigo Vanin. Gilk Chu, Gilk Jay, as Gilk Mera. Avishan Rish, a Gilk, the Max Gaelic, Jinian Amera, the mother tongue of Alien Vanin, the Isle of Man. Avishan Rish. You can catch up with more of Manx Radio's Manx language programmes in the weekly podcast Avishan Rish. Say that again. Avishan Rish. Shane, that's the one. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. Master Mike, good afternoon, 25 past 12 on Man in Line, and uh, Dr. Haywood is with us, uh, Michelle Haywood, MHK, uh, the uh, DEFA political member. Um, uh, so, Michelle, what's going to happen with motorhomes in the future? I mean, w- w- what's the end game? Um, well, I, th- I think the end game on an island wide basis is very different to what you're seeing at the airs now. Um, certainly one of our, our hopes is that we'll be able to open up different sites for motorhomes where it's more appropriate for them to be parked than on top of some fragile sand dunes. Um, but you were raising questions about you know the number of motorhomes up there and, and one of your, your commenters said that it was limited to 15, which is true, but there have been times where there are more than 15 there because you can't see the other motorhomes always to know how many are on site. Um, and in the first year that permits were issued, it was about 200 permits that were issued for, for the season. That's gone up to 500 last year. So that just gives you an idea of the scale of 
the demand uh, yeah. for, for people parking up there. So it's not, it's, it's not going to be it, it's not going to be self policing, is it? So obviously something's going to have to happen. What do you think effectively will happen, and when will it happen? Um, we already have we already have warden uh, that works up there anyway that, that sort of keeps an eye on it and. It, it did use, I mean, the motorhome owners were lovely and they used to tell us when people had turned up that were camping or that were riding trail bikes across the dunes or driving across the dunes because all of that is, is not permitted. So they did use, and I, I'm very grateful to the fact that you know over the years they have actually reported when when the bylaws were being broken. Um, but actually it's just that the level of damage now is, is unsustainable as far as the ecosystem is concerned. So I'm hoping that DEFRA is certainly looking at uh, land that they hold, uh, looking at more appropriate places that we can open up and say, yes, it's fine to come and park here. I think one of your callers said about why not put some more paving in. And, and the basic answer is because we're not trying to set up a campsite in the middle of a national nature reserve. There are campsites and there are other places. Um, and, and we'll look to see if we can increase the number of places that can be accessed. But if we assess that, you know, from the start, from scratch as a new site, would we set up a campsite here? The answer is categorically no. There's no supplies to it in terms of water or power, and and DEF is not in the business of running campsites. There are there are private operators that do that. Uh, I was going to ask you that. Is it DEF's responsibility to set up hard standing and facilities for motorhome users in the future? I mean, is that something you do or would do? Um, I think it's our right. Well, it's definitely our responsibility to protect the environment. Um, obviously, we want people to be able to access it and to enjoy it, but they need to enjoy it in a way that doesn't destroy the very things that we all prize. So um, we we will be looking at stuff. We have had quotes for extending the parking areas there. And so you end up saying, well, OK, we'll sacrifice part of this precious habitat so that people can come and park. Um, and, and I suppose that almost becomes a moral question about whether you think that's a, a fair balance. There does have to be a balance and we do want people to access the environment and enjoy it. Um, but there is obviously a cost associated with that and, and the cost is substantial because you are trying to put in parking on a very unstable sandy substrate. Um, and so, you know, it, it all needs to be done in a very careful way and that does push the, the costs up a lot. Uh, at the bottom of this, the fact is that the view is world class. It's absolutely gorgeous. Who wouldn't want to be there? So, um, so can you tell me? I mean, you know, whenever it's going to happen, what will happen, and what will be, what will be, be the plan? What will people be allowed and not allowed to do? At the moment, we've we've taken the option. It was either we issued permits at the start of the year and then said to people partway through the year, sorry, you can't camp there, or we made the decision to say we're not issuing permits this year. And that's what we've done. We've said we're going to keep that under review. So we will look to check that what we hope in terms of environmental recovery actually does start to show through this year. And, and we anticipate it will do. I think we saw up at the airs during um, foot and mouth when people couldn't access land, you saw a recovery of all sorts of, of plants and animals at that time because human interference just wasn't there. So this is something we're keeping under review. Um, how quickly anything else will mobilise, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that there will be perhaps some sort of uh, a strategy for, for where motorhomes can go and some sort of agreement uh, coming through by Easter. And I know that that's something that we're, we're looking at with the Department for Enterprise and, and the visit agency, because obviously this is part of our, our visitors offering. I know we've had some emails through saying to people, oh, saying that people come they like staying up there for a few days and you were only ever limited to staying there for three days anyway. So you, you, all you could have was three nights and there was a maximum of 50 motomes. 
So I don't believe the tales of anyone telling us that they came over and they stayed there for the entire duty fortnight because that obviously isn't the case. Okay. And um, can, you, can you put into context how important uh, Air's National Nature Reserve is in terms of, well, things like the biosphere and the habitat and the organisms that are there? How important is it? Um, there are several rare and threatened species that live in that particular nature reserve and that area. And, and sand dunes are not a common um, habitat for the Isle of Man, so it is really precious as far as we're concerned. But there are things like the little tern and lapwings and curlews uh, that are all uh, the, the birds that we associate with that area. And there's some fantastic vertebrates, and I know nobody really cares about them, but the, the, the very scarce crimson gold moss is, is absolutely lovely and I, I had the chance to visit up there last year with one of the wardens who managed to find one of them for me and, and things so there are lots of rare plants and invertebrates um, over and above the sort of the bigger species that we can see many orchid species up there as well so it, it really is a precious bit of habitat and, uh, um, and uh, it's one that, that we really need to defend as you were saying um, to non-scientists I mean you know what the eye doesn't see the heart doesn't grieve over so again just put that in context how important are these you know these invisible organisms to the to the habitat <laughs> I think in terms of how the habitat works, any ecosystem is a careful balance between all of the plants and the invertebrates and the, and the larger animals that you see in that habitat. And they all live there in harmony. And when that becomes disrupted, and it's usually, to be fair, it's usually humans that cause disruption. But when that <laughs> becomes disruptive, you start seeing things like, so the, the moths that are feeding on, on flowers won't feed on the same flowers. And so flowers don't get pollinated. And you see new plant species starting to die off as well. So they're all interconnected in, a, in an amazingly complicated way. Um, and I think that's part of the role of DEFA and, and the sort of scientific support that we have within DEFA is to actually say, well, it's not just about the big, easy to spot stuff. It is about the little stuff that make up those baselines to our environment. So even in say, a marine context, we know that it's the, it's the plankton, the stuff that nobody cares about in the sea. But they, that forms the basis of the whole, whole marine food chain. So okay. monitoring plankton levels is really important there. So it is those, that's why we have the scientists at DEFA to do this sort of work. And finally, what would be your message to anybody thinking of taking a motorbike across the sand dunes? Oh, just please don't. Please just be responsible. There are lots of places that you can go and ride bikes uh, responsibly, but please don't go across this very fragile habitat and destroy it for everyone else. Okay, thanks for being with us today, Michelle. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thank you, Andy. All right, 28 minutes before one. Jerry's on now. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Andy. I quite understood what she was saying there. I'm a bit confused about not making a car park up there because of the, the land sinking under concrete. Not quite happy with that situation. We've got some good engineers here. I'm quite sure a car park could be made. But I've always had the feeling that we're motorhomes, that the government itself for many, many years has always been against motorhomes coming on the island. There was one MHK who turned around and said, if you have 100 or 200 on here, you get onto the roads, he said, we'll have traffic jams. But this, this island is so beautiful. There's an opening for a business in this time and age to bring people off the UK onto this island, park up in an area like a campsite in the UK, and then enjoy the rest of the island. It could put on buses and all sorts. We just seem to let it go. There's always excuse. Where would you put the uh, Where would you put the site, uh, Jerry? Well, I think you should put the site around Douglas, near the boat, 
so we don't have problems of people traveling all over the island in, in convoys of four or five. There must be an area somewhere around Douglas. I don't live in Douglas. I live in Belath. And therefore, there should be an area somewhere to make it for 30 or 40 car, uh, motorhomes, not caravans, motorhomes. We're all, we're all going out at weekends and parking up somewhere. Either in Peel or we're in another park just for a night's run. You know, and then people are moaning and groaning because the motorhome is about five feet away from their, their front window. It just gives me the impression that the government are not interested. Yeah, it, it's a wide, worldwide thing today. There is caravans and motorhome sites all over the south, all over the north. Scotland are now making more airs. Wales are starting to make more airs. And here we are in the Isle of Man. It's one massive campsite, beautiful scenery, and nobody's interested. What's your favourite place to go, Jerry? Peel. Peel? I thought you were going to say uh, well, the Murak Prom at Ramsey. Well, I, I walk around the Murak Prom. No, I, I like to go to, down to Peel because the people in Peel, like most of the island, are great. They love the motorhomes down there. If I was going off the island, I'd probably go to Scotland or Wales. But at the moment, in the winter time, there's motorhomes all, all gone out. We're all going out at weekends. You know, okay. but it's, you do struggle to park somewhere. You do struggle to find a little area to park up without somebody moaning. It is, it's a business. Mm -hmm. It's a business like the TT. And if you've got an area to take the proper motorhomes off the boat, everybody benefits. Everybody benefits. Nobody loses out. Okay. Jerry, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling today. So if you can think of an area around Douglas that would take 30 motorhomes, maybe 40 motorhomes. Who said the Summerland site? Victoria. Hello, Victoria. Hello, Andy. How are you? Fine, thank you. What's on your mind? Right. Well, it's about wildlife. And the biggest threat to wildlife is the destruction of habitat by inappropriate and overdevelopment of the land. It's not actually people visiting these places. And the government endorses that destruction, but the people are blamed because they don't want us, the great unwashed, anywhere near these places. And I'm sorry to have to say that, but that is the truth, and that's all I've got to say. Okay. Anywhere particular? Look around the island. They just take land. They don't, you know, you get problems with housing because they build on places that flood. But there's just this mad rush to, to develop areas. You know, say we've got a housing crisis, but when people need a home or need rehousing, you know, maybe need to downgrade in properties, there's no help. So if the, the, the chief minister says we need 15,000 more people, that will mean houses. Yeah, but why don't they look at the Manx people who've, and people who live here? I'm not Manx, but I've seen, I've been here about 17 years, and I have seen the de-skilling of the people. You know, they just want to keep bringing people in because they think, well, it's a blank page. They don't know anything. We'll do as they're told. But eventually these people start to look around, like myself, and think, you are destroying this island and you are destroying your people. You've declared war on your people. If you don't invest in them, you've got some great people here who want to work, who want to protect. They should protect the heritage. 
but they, and, but they go heritage, heritage, wildlife, wildlife, and all they do is destroy it. I'm sorry, that, that I believe that 100%. Right. And I talk to Manx people and they agree. Okay, we appreciate that, Victoria. Thanks for calling. All right, thank you, Andy. Good to hear from you. 22 minutes before one on Manx Radio. Sad to uh, hear of another bank closing, says W, with so much fraud online, it's essential to have an actual bank. Bricks and mortar bank to know who you're speaking to. This is the news that HSBC Ramsey, St Paul Square, is closing. It's been there for years and years, very much part of the furniture. But Ramsey is losing a bank, and HSBC in Douglas is going out of that enormous building uh, by Vic- Ridgeway Street onto Victoria Street, and will be going into Strand Street. Uh, no doubt a, a smaller place. Uh, Ayers, well, as per usual, the minorities are spoiling it for the majority. This is an important natural site and should be preserved for future generations, says Nelson. Um, interesting what Michelle Haywood was saying. Remember, these tiny, tiny organisms, which probably you and certainly I have no concept of. I'm not a scientist and probably you're not a scientist. Um, but um, that's kind of the, the nub of where we are worldwide, isn't it? Is that you know the 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 earth the ecosystems are at threat, and really what's happening at the Ayers Nature Reserve with motorhomes is a sort of a microcosm of where we are. Be interesting to know what the way out is. Julian's on. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. I wasn't going to come on again, but after listening to Vic, um, I thought that uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. I've been going up to the airs. I loved it right, right when I was a kid when I first came here. Um, so I go up all the time there. I think it's an amazing place. But I assume that the motorhome people that go up there, they love the place like I do, because otherwise, why would you go up there? So I think they're probably very, very conscious about picking up their own rubbish and all the rest of it. So I would say they're probably the best sort of people to be up there. But if Michelle Haywood is concerned about, say, four wheels on the grass... I wonder if she would um, have an undertaking that she will never allow, for example, C-terminal roundabout size foundations, 20 feet deep, 60 feet in diameter, wind turbines ever being put anywhere near the island or the sea. I mean, you know, if we're talking about all these little creatures in the um, in the base, what about the if we go for the new Morgan and Mona um wind farms that's going to be 200,000 football fields worth of churning around and about 36,000 miles of trawling for the cables for all the 4,000 turbines that they're talking about so would she agree that if we're going to worry about a few tires on a bit of grass we really don't want to be looking at um, you know 20 foot 15 to 20 foot 60 foot diameter um, reinforced concrete stanchions being put into the Isle of Man's grounds, or in the sea. Have you noticed there doesn't seem to be any traction, any political will, or any groundswell of opinion to say that we should have wind farms on shore, on the Isle of Man, on, on the Isle of Man land? Nobody seems to be even suggesting it now. No, correct. And even if you do them offshore, OK, the utility of having the view, but then you've got migratory birds and, you know, those studies that have been done off Virginia and all over the place, they're, they're saying, you know, bats, at least 550 deaths a year from each turbine, the larger ones, um, probably thousands of seagulls from what they're talking about and razor bills and all the rest of it. There are certain, and you know, also you have the raptors. 
So if you had them on the island, who knows what would happen to the raptors that we seem to see more of these days. Um, but if we're going to worry about a few tyres on a bit of grass at the airs, which, uh, and I just think, you know, the motorhome people, they love that place like I do. And I think, well, what are you going to do with them? I mean, you know, you're, you're just going to annoy people who actually really love this island. So whoever's sort of like out of hand saying that, well, okay, we'll go with that if you guarantee that you will never put hideous 60-foot diameter, 20-foot-thick foundations in the same ground that you're worried about, about a set of tyres. We've never heard much from the Manx Bat Group, and the Manx Bat Group is very active. I mean, uh, you know, bat habitats are protected on the Isle of Man, so I just wonder what they've got to say about onshore wind uh, turbines. Well, if they're listening, have a look at the Leibniz University in Berlin study on it. Leibniz, like the chocolates. You know, five. they reckoned it was about um, 550 bat deaths per turbine onshore in Germany. So, you know, these guys, they spent ages looking at it. And so if it is what it is, you know, if, you, if you're going to start pushing. I noticed that Daphne Kane was seen to be slightly changing her trajectory when it came to onshore. But, you know, the offshore as well is very important. And we talked about churning up the seabed, migratory birds, and the infrasound as well. When you start getting them nearer to us within 12 miles, if the guy from NASA has been detecting infrasound that's been keeping people awake 50 miles away, um, if they're only just outside our territorial waters at 12 miles, who knows what's going to happen? Say, you know, people trying to get to sleep in Mackled or Laxey or something. Once they're in, it's going to be impossible to reverse that situation. OK. All right. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Andy. Good to hear from you. Uh, Ken's with us now. Hi, Ken. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, all the best for... 2023. Thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you. That's another way of putting it. But uh, we'll see what that's going to bring. I can't see many changes personally, but I'd like to continue on about the subject of motorhomes and the airs. Uh, Don't get me wrong. um, If I could afford to have a motorhome, I'd have one. But when you think of one, you've got to think about where you're going to park it, where you're going to keep it. Now, when you look around, Andy, it is getting out of control. Um, council estates, Douglas Corporation estates there, and uh, commissioner estates around the island. There's motorhomes, and it's making it difficult for likes of the bus services going around. They had to reroute it in Williston. And there's, there's it. Don't get me wrong. I like them, love them, but it is getting out of control. And I think something sort of legislation needs to come in. Because I know some motorhomes are just parked in the same spot. I'm not saying where, like, you know, for the last past five years and not moved. So maybe it's not capable of being on the road or it, it broke down. I don't know. But uh, as to the airs, leave it alone as it is. Do not touch it. I like going beach fishing up there. And uh, I notice certain habitats and what have you. Lovely area. A bit wild on a windy day, but on a lovely day, it's like bloody Benidorm. <laughs> anyway, the next week's subject is this. You know, each year you get a reminder from uh, the highway board or, or government or post office about renewing your car tax, yeah. your road tax. Yeah. Um, well, I've had one, a notification, the last past three years. And I thought, great, this is a great reminder to and what have you, so to, to renew it. Anyway, mine's usually uh, renewed on the 1st of January, 
I waited the whole of December to receive that reminder, and I absolutely got nothing at all. So what I had to do, I thought, well, I'd better go and get this sorted out, because it's out to date now by a few days, and my, my worry there, Andy, is that a parking attendant will come up to it, because they've got the authority to slap a fine on yeah. if your tax is in date. Now, you see the situation I was in, Andy, I've renewed it this morning, and I didn't blow off at the post office, like I told them the situation, like, and they said to me, oh, they do that. So what so, I'm saying is I've not received a reminder or that nice piece of paper to tell me, oh, your tax is up, Mr. So-and-so. And the oh, post well, office said that they're not sending those reminders out anymore. Well, I, that's why I've come on the man online today, Andy, to see if anybody's experienced this situation, because I believe that the government's to blame here. And if oh, Joe Bloggs in the street gets a parking ticket for his license disc out of date, I mean, it, it's uh, embarrassing that our government's doing this like, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I said, my me, me main problem about that is it's getting fined by a parking attendant yeah. for your books being out of date because they've got the authority to do that now. Oh, well, that's good. Thanks for raising that, Ken. We'll make, if anybody else has had that situation, thanks for calling, Ken. Cheers, no bye. Uh, good to hear from you. So have you had the situation where your car tax is, is on the way out and you haven't had the reminder letter? You know the one that sends you uh, a code that you can punch in if you want to do it online or you just uh, take the whole thing through to the post office? Are they still sending those letters out? Uh, Chris dropped a note in just to say, have they banned motorhomes in Murrock Park? The top end of Murrock Park. Uh, lots of folk harmlessly enjoy the beauty of Murrock Park. Uh, don't cause any problems. Uh, afraid this is all going the wrong way, being implemented by civil servants, <laughs> where we have far too many, uh, says Chris. Uh, I don't have any issue with wind turbines taking care of a few seagulls, says uh, this correspondent uh, on 309. Uh, they're vermin, that's what, that's what they are. Ramsey's going to be soon underwater, the way we're burning gas. I can see why HSBC are selling up, says Bill. <laughs> Thanks for that. And uh, Bonzo's on now. Hi, Bonzo. Hello. Yes. Uh, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Julian... Yes. And I hear that Julian is, uh, well, aiming to continue 2023 in the same vein as 2022. Um, so, wind power and wind turbines. First off, yes, there are uh, uh, at least several schemes I know of um, to actually have uh, wind turbine arrays on the island. Whereabouts are um, they? Uh, well, um, uh, well, the island is a relatively small place, and I think you can imagine where wind turbines might go. I mean, there, there's also there's the uh, array which I think Peel Holdings, you know, Peel NRE, who also have the solar farm, are planning, although they haven't um, announced the location of that. As yet, um, but but I but I certainly know of, of several schemes that uh, are on um, you know on the ball and under consideration. But we are a bit uh, behind the curve. If, if we're going to do onshore wind, Bonzo, we're a bit behind. Well, well, as I've said so often on this program before, you know, we should have had those years ago. 
But that part of, I'm sure Peter Caron could uh, wax lyrical on this, you know, as part of the NEA loan scandal, the actual uh, um, budgeted um, first phase of a wind, uh, of a wind farm uh, under MUA, or NEA as was, um, you know, that had budget, but it just sort of evaporated. Um, and indeed, as I said, um, Timwald um, had been discussing onshore wind since 1994. Right. So um, I think to just say, oh, it's terrible, um, it'll spoil the view. Well, I'm sorry, the view's already spoiled. You're going, you've got um, Walney as an offshore wind farm, and of course, which you can see from Maxi, etc. Um, there will be Mona and Morgan, um, and uh, no, I think Morgan. Then there's the Irish array that's going to be um, off Dublin. And so, as I've said before, we're, we're going to be surrounded by um, offshore wind turbines spoiling the view, but of which we will have not a penny of the revenue, uh, which we could have, of course, by you know, putting them uh, within our uh, 12-mile limit, but there's issues on that. But I think that, all, that there is some progress being made, and I think we'll probably hear some announcements regarding that in the budget. Um, not that I have any sort of um, crystal ball on that, but I think that there will probably be uh, some progress on that, as I think Allstead, um, who have the option on the, the Kroger area, uh, have actually installed a, an office and people here now, rather than uh, simply having a corporate entity in brass plate. Okay, all right, we'll have to find out. Good to hear from you, Bonzo. Thanks for being with us today. Okay, then. Take all right, Bye. nine minutes before one. Plum Master, we're plumber's shop. For supplies, we've got the lot. Ramsey Douglas, come on down. Plum Master, the best around. Gas boilers, pipes and taps, bathroom fitting, stylish rats. Plum Master have all in store and deliver to your door. For trade and DIY plumbing supplies, visit Plum Master at Haldane Fisher in Douglas and Ramsey. Plum Master, your local, reliable, competitive plumbing supplier. You know when you're about to pay for the bus and your phone runs out of battery? Nightmare. Frantically, you search through your pockets only to find a button pebbles and hair grip. But then, in the last pocket, you find that long-lost tanner you forgot. Result! This is how it feels when you save over £500 versus MT with our broadband home phone and mobile bundle. Start saving at Shaw.com. T's and C's apply. Discover a great value trip away this year with Steam Packet Holidays. We have a huge array of ferry excursions and holiday packages available. Why not take a city break and indulge in culture and cuisine? Or head for a relaxing long weekend in the countryside? Take the family or just a good book? There's a Steam Packet Holiday for everyone. Call Steam Packet Holidays today on 645-777 to find out more and book. Or visit our travel shop in the sea terminal. Make 2023 the year you get it done. Seeking to reduce your mortgage costs? Looking to protect your loved one's futures? Needing a pension to secure a comfortable retirement? Financial options can help you achieve all these things. So give us a call today on 612 611. Make 2023 the year you get it done 
with financial options. Chase Financial Services Limited trading as financial options is regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. Six minutes before one, Chris is on now. Hi, Chris. Oh, hello there. Yes, I wanted to have a talk about the um, the motorhome business and the airs and okay. sort of de- declare my position, but I am. We are motorhome users, and we love going to the airs. Um, and we saw this when it first came up on Facebook, and uh, we're quite alarmed about it, really. Um, and the thing that struck me, I don't know if it's still the case, but, but they initially said that they were banning overnighting, which suggests to me that you could still use your van in the same way during the day. So this question of the damage that's being caused, it's going to be caused by people using it in the day. So that just seems a bit of a nonsense. Um, and then the second thing that, that occurred to me is rather than, than ban people totally, why not just have a confined section of the air, of the airs, um, where vans can go? So it, it's not spreading the damage over the whole site. Because for the past few years, in any case, they've been issuing permits and limiting the numbers that can go onto, onto the viewpoint site. And um, that's supposed to have been um, um, uh, covered by a warden who keeps an eye on the numbers. Um, So they could do the same thing. They could use the wooden bollards a bit like they did down at Derby Haven to stop people going off the road there. Um, And you could could have room, say, for 12 vans. And again, with your permits, um, the first 12 get to use it and anybody else doesn't. So I think that would be a, a more sensible solution than a blanket ban. Uh, do you think most people behave themselves uh, at the airs, uh, Chris? I think they do. Uh, and I think um, and the initial Facebook post was suggesting the people that were, were misbehaving weren't actually, uh, weren't actually motorhome users. You know? So uh, well, what about this um, suggestion that other areas may be made available around the island for motorhome uh- parks? Well, I, I think that'd be an absolutely fantastic idea. I mean, there are already areas. Don't forget, there's some very good campsites on the island. Um, there's one in Balaf, and there's one uh, one down uh, in Port Erin, and there's going to be another one in Port Erin, um, which uh, which are perfect. But you've got two types of motorhome users. You've got the ones who like the sites with the facilities, um, and then you've got others who who like the solitude, and and the air is perfect place to go for solitude. I mean, you ban everyone from 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 Rue Point they'll simply all go up to the point of air and there'll be twice as many vans yes. at the point of air and then I've no doubt the conservationists are going to turn around and say, well, we should ban vans from the point of air. And the other thing is is joined up government, um, tourism, visit Isle of Man, are pushing the Isle of Man as a motorhome destination. But you've got another branch of government making it less attractive for people to bring their vans. It's, it's a nonsense. Okay. How long have you been a motorhome user? Um, not terribly long. I think um, four or five years. Um, and when we go off island, you know, some of the places you stay in absolutely fantastic. England's a problem. Um, Scotland, you can effectively stop anywhere you want, and um, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the local economies are benefiting from uh, from motorhome use. And of course, once you get into Europe, it's 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 a, a whole different thing. They Towns positively welcome motorhomes and make it very cheap to stay, and the local economy benefits. Okay, uh, Chris, thanks for calling today. We appreciate that. Thank you. All right, three minutes before one.
A message in from 223 says, Andy, with a new ship coming on service this year, the Isle of Man Steam Packet will have four ships available. That's um, Arrow, Manxman, Mananan and Ben McCree. Despite this, I believe the passenger numbers won't be increased. Can anybody explain uh, this as uh, possible visitors are complaining they can't get bookings for TT? Is that true? Have you heard that? Send me a link if you've heard of that. Thank you, 223. Thanks to Chris Quirk producing today. Man in Lines back. Open line tomorrow at high noon. W-I-N-T.